Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6th and and the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is set to join us on the show today to recap the win over the Buffalo Bills and also look ahead to their matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. I want to read to you the cap hit for Josh Allen over the course of his career because things are about to drastically change in Buffalo in 2019, Josh Allen's cap hit was $4.8 million. In 2020, it was $5.9 million. 2021, it was $10.2 million. 2022, $16.4 million. 2023, $18.6 Next season, Josh Allen is going to have a $47.1 million cap hit. The time for Buffalo to take advantage of the tremendous value that they had at the quarterback position ended on Sunday. You had an elite level quarterback top five in the national football league for pennies on the dollar. Next season is the first time that you were going to pay what the market says that Josh Allen is worth. There's no more kicking that contract down the road. It is time for you to pay. Rob, one of your quotes is the bill always comes due that the moves that you make in the NFL and manipulating the cap and salary cap and deferred money. At some point, you have to pay it. You can manipulate your credit card payments for some point, but unless you're ready to pay the bill in full, at some point that interest is going to kick in. And that's the worst thing that can happen. That is where we currently are with the Buffalo Bills. Let me give you some of the free agents that they have coming up this season. Gabriel Davis, Michael Hyde, Leonard Floyd, who had 10 and a half sacks this year, some other key defensive pieces. I don't want to go all doom and gloom on the Buffalo Bills because that would be really easy to do right now. But think about how hard it's been for them to get over the hump, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have done it. The Chiefs have been under this contract with Patrick Mahomes now for a couple of years. They've won a championship. They've had to go without. They've had to trade Tyreek Hill to make some money work in other places. They've had to really rely on young pieces and young players to step in and play big-time roles. The Chiefs have navigated 
paying their quarterback better than any team that we have seen in the history of the NFL this side of the New England Patriots. They gave their quarterback a lot of money and have still maintained a championship level. But I would even say that you see some of the effects of it with Kansas City. You can't have everything. You can't have three number one wide receivers and a marquee top flight defense and pay Chris Jones and do all of the things that you want to do. At some point, you're going to have to go without. Rob, for the first time since Josh Allen has been the starting quarterback, if you go from a scenario where your cap hit was $18.6 million and it is about to be $47.1 million, your organization has already asked you to do a lot. They're about to ask you to do a whole lot more over the course of the next two, three seasons, and you are now going to be in a position from a talent acquisition standpoint that you're going to be from behind. If you're paying that much to your quarterback and that is now locked in, you're going to have to make some really difficult decisions. I don't know if Gabe Davis is coming back for you guys next year. What do you do with Stephon Diggs? He was unhappy at the end of last season. You just lost again. Is he going to be unhappy? Buffalo is at a very weird intersection and point in their organization where they're going to have to make some really tough choices if they want to keep up with Kansas City. You could only do the Von Miller move because you hadn't paid Josh Allen yet. He was still on that rookie deal or that money hadn't kicked in yet. You could go all in and get that last defensive piece that you thought could get you over the hump. It did not work. Now what do you do? How do you navigate these next Six to 18 months. I saw a quote today floating around the internet. It was uh, their GM, Brandon Bean. He uh, spoke with me today following their season being over. You know how the GM talks when the season's over. And he talked about how they have 10 draft picks upcoming draft, and they need to really hit. And if they really hit, they feel like they're in a really good spot. And it dawned on me as I thought about the Bills. They are sitting right now where the Chiefs sat following their loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. And as you'll recall, the Chiefs that offseason had a lot of big decisions to make. They were in the first year of decision-making time with Orlando Brown Jr. They were in decision-making time with Tyree Kill. They were in decision-making time with, are we going to extend Tyron Matthew? It was decision time across the board for the Kansas City Chiefs following a bad home loss. And Brett Veach, to his credit, ejected on Tyree Kill. We now know that was the right call. Walked away on Tyron Matthew. At the time, people were leery of that. It's the right call. He tagged Orlando Brown Jr. twice and then walked away on him. It was the right call. He then turned around and hit on every draft pick. If the Bills have any shot of being back or being in an AFC title game, Brandon Bean needs to have one of those off seasons. He needs to get out from under Stephon Diggs. He needs to find a way to escape the Von Miller contract. He needs to find a way to get out from one of those bad deals then hit on draft picks and they have a chance to rehab their roster and be back because as much as Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes, let's be honest, Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. And if you can manage the cap around him, manage the talent around him, I think the bills can continue to be a threat to the Kansas city chiefs, but this is a marquee moment in their GM's tenure as GM. Brett Veach, when he got to this crossroads, hit a home run, hit a grand slam home run. He turned Tyree Kill problems, Tyron Matthew problems, and Orlando Brown Jr. problems into Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, and countless others. 
Can Brandon Bean do the same? That's where they are sitting right now in Buffalo. I mean, that's the major question. Over a two-draft period in 2021 and 2022, Kansas City probably drafted six starting players. You got a lot of guys on rookie deals. You got Nick Bolton. You got Creed Humphrey. You got Trey Smith. All of those guys on rookie contracts. You mentioned Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis. Trent McDuffie was an all-pro this year. George Karloftis had double-digit sacks. Those guys are still on rookie contracts. You got Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. You got Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, they had a two-year stretch after the contract where you were able to make some decisions because you were because you were so successful in the draft and you were replacing guys with rookies who were still giving you that veteran level production but they were doing so at a fraction of the cost if buffalo is going to be back in this spot if they're going to truly contend and be able to catch up with the Kansas City Chiefs they're going to have to have a 2 3 year stretch of drafting that's very very similar to now build around your quarterback who is almost making 50 million dollars a major question that is being asked about Buffalo's quarterback is, is he going to be able to get the monkey off his back? Is he going to be able to take that next level? We're going to be joined by Patrick Mahomes coming up in a bit. He is a player that they never asked this question about in his first season. They went to the AFC championship game in his second season. They won the Super Bowl. No one questions if you can win, if you just win from the very, very beginning. But for most other young quarterbacks, it's a little bit of a process. It takes you a little bit of time. There is no player that knows that, I think, better than Steve Young. You guys remember the iconic image on the sideline when they beat the uh, San Diego Chargers in the Super Bowl. He's walking around and saying, hey, can someone take this monkey off my back? And you could just get the sigh of relief. You were constantly being compared to Joe Montana, who at that time we believe was the greatest quarterback to ever play. You got your own championship, and it took a little bit of time for Steve Young to get there. He went on Adam Schefter's podcast, and he was asked if he believes if Josh Allen will ever win a Super Bowl. Here's what Steve Young had to say. Football, even when you're Superman, Superman needs help. And you need enough help to go get it done. And I've always I've said for the last three years, they have a good team, but he needs more help around him because they ask him to be Superman too much. Patrick Mahomes has figured out a way to like Brock Purdy or like those efficiency guys that I talk about, give me the play. I'll get the most out of it. And then I'll put the cape on, but you notice the bills suddenly things get crazy. And then he, he puts the cape on before the plays even finished. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't forget about this Indiana Jones thing. I'm putting the Superman cape on and I'm going and the, you do that over. That was Patrick Mahomes problem early in his career. He put the cape on too often. And then you just can't, you cannot keep it up. You can't make enough plays. You can't, you need to be able to call the play in the huddle and have a running game and have people that can, and then, and, and, and he needs to more just drop the ball. Look at that last drive. And uh, I, I think Tony mentioned it on the, on the telecast. It's like, look, there's people open underneath, just drop it to them, get the, get the, get in people's hands, make the, make, make it an efficiency game as well. Make mm -hmm. it a Superman and efficiency. That's when you, that's the superpower. And I think that in many ways, Josh is a, Josh is, you know, you, look, it's Patrick, it's Josh. Now it's Lamar. Lamar was, I said, you remember on, on the camera, I, I said, damned with what they're doing in Baltimore. He cannot get into this group. Now I say he's absolutely in this group, might be the leader of this group and Joe Burrow and, and Herbert could join if he got the right coaching and the right help. Those are the super, those are the supermen of, uh, of today's game.
I think you have to acknowledge, at least with Patrick Mahomes, that over the course of the regular season, he certainly makes risky throws. No one's denying that. This season, he had more interceptions than he's ever had in an individual season. There is something in Pat's mind that once we get to the postseason, he play with he plays with a different level of discernment than he does in the regular season. He completed 74% of his passes on Sunday. The times where you get frustrated that Mahomes is trying to make the big play in October, he doesn't do that in January. Hey, I'm taking profit. I got a chance for underneath to Isaiah Pacheco. I'm taking. I got an underneath with Noah Gray. I got an underneath with Rasheed Rice. I'm taking it. In the Super Bowl last year against Philadelphia, he completed 78% of his passes. He didn't have a magical day. He threw for less than 200 yards. On Sunday, he didn't go out there and put up big fantasy football numbers. He had 215 yards and two touchdowns. He was efficient, he moved the chains, he ran when necessary, and he made every play that his team needed to help put them in a position to go win that football game. If Josh Allen is going to take the next step as a truly elite special player, you got to be willing to take profit. They got the ball first and 10 from the Chiefs' 27-yard line. Rob, they got one more yard after that. He was 7 of 14 in the fourth quarter. He didn't run the football effectively. The Chiefs defense took away the run game and forced Josh Allen to be a passer in the final 15 minutes of the game, and he wasn't effective at it. You got digs underneath. Give it to him. Sure, you're not going to score a touchdown on that play, but you're going to turn that second and nine into third and two that's manageable, which opens up the playbook. You make an erratic throw. Now you're in a third and long scenario, another erratic throw, and now you're kicking a field goal. The kid misses, and that's the end of the game. Patrick seems to figure something out at this point of the season about the style that he needs to play in order for this team to advance, and he does it just about every week. It's normally startling when he doesn't do it, like the second half against the Cincinnati Bengals. But since then, in their last five postseason games, he hasn't thrown an interception. They've won all five of them. I don't think that that's that surprising. That's the formula. That's how you win in the postseason is by being smart, taking the underneath, taking the profit, and living to fight another down. I'm not sure if Josh Allen has learned that yet. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, Rob, let's head to the phone lines to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. He has one of the most impressive resumes on planet Earth. Two-time MVP. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! Batman loves this stadium! Underhanded shovel for a 56-yard touchdown! Touchdown. Two-time Super Bowl champ. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder! He's got the catch! He's got the touchdown! Kansas City! A beautifully thrown ball! As Mahomes to Kelsey. And the only place in the world where he does an interview weekly is right here on The Drive with CDOT. It's not something that I would say I'm a Waffle House guy, but definitely we made our appearance at Waffle House a couple of times. 310 means one thing. One thing. Here's Patrick Mahomes. Every week we get the opportunity to be joined by the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. We take a look at their win over the Buffalo Bills and also look ahead to the matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. Our conversation started this week with 
Last week, you had never gone on the road for a postseason game. This week, you're undefeated on the road. Yeah, no, uh, definitely happy to get the win. Um, obviously, it was a great environment, um, but I was glad that we were able to go in there, come together, and uh, find a way to get a win, and now we're we're on to Baltimore. So it's going uh, to be a lot of fun this week uh, preparing for this challenge, and uh, we're, we're excited for it. Let me ask you this. What hurts more, getting hit by Aaron Donald or getting hit with one of those snowballs that were being thrown by the Buffalo faithful? Well, I, luckily enough, I didn't get hit. Uh, there some that came awfully close, but uh, – yeah, I would probably say Aaron Donald, but I don't have that experience of getting hit by the snowball. But uh, yeah, definitely was uh, it was wild. But uh, like we said, it was a lot of fun out there. I just want to get your kind of first person just recollection of that moment, that image of you running off the field, and Ted Cruz is right there next to you. And you just got done doing the interview with Tracy Wolfson. That's as big as I've seen you smile in a while. How happy are you in that moment? What's going through your head when you were going off the field, knowing what you guys just accomplished? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You're excited. I mean, to be able to go on the road in the playoffs and win a game is is, is hard to do. Um, and so to be able to go up against a great team like that and get a win. And um, I was running over trying to get my headband and my, my sleeve as a kid with my jersey on and snowballs start flying. I mean, it's just like you're a little kid again, man. You're just playing football in the backyard with your friends and your family. And uh, you, you come out with the win. You're smiling, running back in the house. They showed a pretty cool moment of you and your team inside the locker room, and the camera then cuts to you, and you said, hey, they asked for this. They wanted this. They got it, and you guys just won. And Travis comes in and says, but we still got more business to do. Let's turn it up. Was there anything that was said that maybe gave you extra motivation over the course of this week in this fun back-and-forth rivalry? No, I mean, I don't know. if it's, You have to be motivated to play these games, man. I mean, everybody wanted us to – wanted us to go on the road, and we were able to go on the road and, and get a win. I mean, you have to accept the challenge in this league. I mean, every single week's going to be tough, especially in the playoffs, and there's a lot of great environments around the league. And so to be able to, to get yourself motivated enough to go out there and play your best ball, um, uh, it's special, and I think this group does a great job of it. And there's, it's not just me. we got a, a lot of great leaders on this team. I think that video, you can see that. Normally I try to have some well-thought-out question, but I'll just throw it to you this. How great was Travis on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he was awesome, man. I mean, I think um, you could tell he stepped his game up. I mean, he, he's got the most touchdowns. Um, he got the most touchdowns between me and him for a reason, man. He steps his game up in the biggest games. Um, he makes the plays. He makes the catches, and he blocks. I mean, he does whatever it takes to win the football game, and that's why I'm glad he's on my team. Are you a fan of the history of this game? You and Travis Kelsey have more touchdowns than Rice in Montana. You and Kelsey have more touchdowns than Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. How cool is it for you two together to sit atop that list? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it really is really cool. I mean, um, those are four of the greatest players of all time. I mean, Tom is the greatest player of all time, and there's like three other ones that are in that separate hall that Dion talks about in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, it's going to be uh, – it's cool to be able to look back on our careers and say that we're on the top of that list. I'm sure it'll get broken at some point, but um, it really is something that uh, we never even think about. But every time you see your name with those guys' uh, names around it, you know you're doing something pretty cool. Speaking of Tom Brady, on his podcast this week, he said that you are a guy that always figures out how to get it done. I can't think of a greater compliment to be paid than Tom Brady to say you are a guy who always figures out a way to shine through in big-time moments. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um I have a lot of uh, – I watch a lot of Tom and the way he was able to drive the ball down the football field and win games and um, and just lead his team. I think that's the biggest thing is when you think of Tom Brady, you think of the ultimate leader, uh, someone that everyone w- wants to go out there and give everything they have to, to help that guy win. Um, and I try to do the same stuff. I mean, he obviously he's beaten me in the playoffs, so I, I've seen it firsthand. 
Um, but uh, it's it's not something about how it gets done. It's about getting it done and finding a way to win. And um, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to be a leader like that and try to win as much as he as much as he's won and uh, continues to do. I want to go back just a little bit, but I'm curious how important was that end of the season, that game against the Los Angeles Chargers? You don't play in that game. Isaiah Pacheco doesn't play. Travis makes the decision to not play in that game. Sneed, how important of it was from a team concept for you to kind of get that mental and physical break? Because it feels like it really, really was a positive for Travis now in the playoffs. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously the rest is always great, especially um, for older guys like Travis. Um, but I think for everybody, I mean, getting your body right, um, getting yourself ready to go for the playoffs. I think, what, like you said, the mental side of it, I think it's not even the mental of taking a day of the game off. It's being, being energized for your teammates, being on the sideline, letting these guys that work their tail off every single day, showing them like the success they have and showing how much we care about them as well. I think that just brought the team together because um, we had been through uh, some tough times and we were battling through to get to the playoffs. And to have that break and just get back to loving football again, I think that was something that was special. And it kind of we carried that momentum into the playoffs. Patrick, a couple of years ago, you guys have the historic win against Buffalo, and you guys are unable to go to the Super Bowl. How much of your message as a team for the guys who were there a couple of years ago that had that 13-second comeback, in my opinion, the best game that we've ever seen in Arrowhead to, hey, I know this win is great, but we got to finish the job. How much is, is part of your message this week? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think guys understand that. Um, guys that were here and guys that weren't here. I mean, we if you cut the tape on you watch the Ravens play, you know they're going to bring the energy, they're going to bring the juice the physicality, and we're going to have to play our best football in order to win. Um, and so uh, for us, um, we're just going to go back to the back to making the playbook the way we want it, going out there, getting everything we got, um, and trying to find a way to win at the end. Right now we're talking to Patrick Mahomes getting ready for the championship round against Baltimore. Patrick, you have gone up against this defense basically every day since July. What makes this defense so great? Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, – the fact that they're they're deep at every level. I mean, you, you see guys. I mean, when injuries happen, guys step in and they can play. Um, they disguise very well. They got the players that can just go one on one and match up and, and and stop guys, and they make great adjustments. I mean, if you look at that game against Buffalo, Buffalo was doing a lot of great things. They got a lot of great players, and they made the adjustments at halftime and was able to hold them to seven points in the second half. And that's a that's a tall task to do against a team like that. And so. Um, they're well coached. They got the players to do it, and they got the depth to do it as well. And they fly around and play for each other. I'm curious, on a personal level, for you, what sort of clicks for you in the postseason? Because this season you had the most interceptions that you've had in a regular season, but so far through the first two games you haven't thrown an interception. You haven't thrown an interception in your last five postseason games. That's over 150 passes. What is it about you that kind of starts to really pare things down once we get to the postseason? Yeah, I mean, you've got to you got to really execute on the details. I mean, I try to do that all season long, but obviously in the postseason it's magnified even more. And um, turnovers are such a big deal in the NFL, um, especially in the postseason on who wins games. You want to try to protect that football, um, and um, you still want to be aggressive. You still want to take shots down the field, but just knowing when to do that. And um, at the end of the day, it's just finding a way to win. And for me, if that's throwing for 350 yards or throwing for 100 yards, as long as we're winning the football game and moving to the next round, um, you're winning. We talk a lot about your relationship with a lot of other quarterbacks. You know, you and Josh Allen seem to get along very well. You and Joe Burrow have had some friendly rivalries. You and Justin Herbert. Where are you at with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I mean, every time I'm interacting with Lamar, man, he's a great dude. Um, he, he's someone that loves football. Um, you, told, you tell his teammates love him. I mean, he plays. Like, you can see how he plays, that competitiveness that he has. 
Um, and he's had success at every level. Um, it's not someone that I text like every week or anything like that, which I don't do with mo- most of the other quarterbacks. But I know when I go and in, go into that game this weekend, he's gonna have that competitive fire, just like uh, all of us. And we're gonna try to do whatever we can to beat each other, and uh, the best man will come out on top. You're a fan of this game. You and I have had a lot of conversations over the years about you just on a Monday night watching football. Do you ever just watch him in awe of some of the things that he can do? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everyone in the NFL does. I mean, it's not just the running, but, I mean, just to be able to throw the different arm slots, um, to be accurate, throw it downfield. I mean, he can do it it all. And that's why he's going to hope – I mean, I'm not hopefully, but going to be winning his second MVP probably and – um, I think uh, that just speaks to the type of player he is. He continues to get better and better. Um, that's what we're all trying to do in this league. Um, and uh, it'll be a great challenge for us, and we're excited uh, to go out there to their place and see, see what we can do. Houston had six offensive line penalties in their matchup against Baltimore. Someone found the audio of you talking about going on the road against Baltimore and how you had to use a silent count. It was one of the more difficult environments. How important is some of that nonverbal communication that you and I talked about last week against Buffalo? You guys executed that really well in the second round. How important is that going to be this week? It's extremely important. I mean, they do a great job of disguising. Um, they do. They have a, a well-coached defense, players everywhere, and they do a great job of disguising and trying to time up your snap counts and stuff like that. So you got to be able to use that nonverbal uh, communication to be on the same page with also trying to get them to give away some of their coverages. I mean, it, it's a, it's going to be a, a, a real a real factor in the game, and you saw that in the Houston game. And, I mean, I played there on Sunday night and the Monday night, and I know it's going to be even louder than that, and those two games were some of the loudest I've been a part of. So it'll be a, it'll be a great environment, and we're excited for the challenge. Two final questions here, Patrick, and I'll get you out of here. Number one, we had Mitch Holtz on the show yesterday, and I asked him what did he see from Baltimore on film. He said that he didn't see a weakness on that team. When you watch Baltimore, what do you see from that Ravens team? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that they're in this game. I mean, they have no weakness. Um, I mean, obviously, I just watched most of the defense. And no, no weakness on that defensive line, no weakness in the linebacker group, obviously, with the pro bowlers there. And then the secondary is playing their tail off as well. I mean, there really is a – a, a truly great group of uh, football players, and they, they fly around, they play fast, they play hard, um, and uh, it's going to be a great challenge for us. I mean, but what, what else can you ask for? It's, it's the best going up against the best. That's what you have in this round with four teams left, um, and uh, whoever makes the less mistakes and goes out and execute at a high enough level is going to win it. Last thing here, I'm just going to guess that you seeing Jason Kelsey shirtless in the sweep, that doesn't even make his top five, top ten, I'm guessing. No, man, I mean, that's just Jason being Jason. Now, that Kelsey family, man, they they, uh, they live on high energy, um, they, and they're, they're a family, man. They love each other, and they're going to support each other. So uh, it's cool to see, and, uh, I mean, that was an all-time moment. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's had a lot better. So, I mean, I, who, who knows what he'll do this week. That is Patrick Mahomes joining us on the show today, the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick, last week's game against Buffalo was great. I think we're all hoping for another great one this weekend. Good luck, man. Appreciate you hopping on today. Yeah, appreciate you. That is our conversation with the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes joins us each and every week. If you missed any part of that conversation, we'll replay it coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. You can also catch it on 6thunsports.com and the Odyssey app. Coming up on the other side, I wonder if a conversation about Andy Reid needs to change. I'll tell you what that is. Keep it right here. It's the drive. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Someone on this show has to be the defender of the run game. Someone. That's where I come in as the defender of the run game. A common belief in Kansas City about Andy Reid is a lack of commitment to running the football. I wish Andy ran more. I wish the Chiefs showed more of a commitment to running the football. Why don't they? What if I told you that so far through the first two postseason games, Isaiah Pacheco has more carries than he had last year in three postseason games. What if I told you Isaiah Pacheco so far this year has 39 carries in their first two postseason games? Last year, Christian McCaffrey had 40 during the entire run for the San Francisco 49ers. What if the Chiefs actually have committed to running the football? I don't take Andy Reid to be a dummy. I think Andy is really good at devising a strategy to go win. And I think just a hypothesis based on the numbers, he realized that having a passing attack that he is accustomed to is not their best course of action and not how this team is going to win. This team, over the last two weeks, they have run the ball almost as effectively as they have thrown it. In the game Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, they had more rush attempts than pass attempts. I don't hear a lot of people patting Andy Reid on the back for, he listened to you. All of the suggestions that we have had for the offense, they heard you and they are doing it. 
You wanted them to pare down the offense. Now, some of that is due to injuries. No Kadarius Tony, no Sky Moore. You've taken those two guys out of it. They don't really throw it to McCall Hardman. They give him a jet sweep. That's not what we're talking about, though. They've listened. They've pared it down. You wanted them to throw the ball more to Noah Gray. They threw it to him a lot on Sunday. He was a part of their team. You wanted Isaiah Pacheco to get more carries and get more opportunities. He has 39 so far for this team. I think they've shown a commitment to running the football. I really do. I think they've heard you. Your criticism on how to jumpstart this offense, I think Andy deserves a little credit. Everyone was mad at Matt Nagy in the middle part of the season, said he wasn't holding guys accountable and that you were ready to – their offense seems to me like they're figuring it out. They're going to have some limitations. They're not a great red zone team. I don't know how many more games and how many more data points that we need to come to that conclusion that they are not good in the red zone. That might cause a very serious problem on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, but we still got time to talk about that. If you wanted this team to get the ball to Isaiah Pacheco more and you wanted him to be a bigger part of their offense and really lean on him down the stretch, Rob, it's really hard to deny that they have listened to all of the suggestions that we have made in the second half of the season about how to get this offense going. I have long felt like Andy, like most people, leans more heavy on the pass than he does the run. That has always been my assumption because remember when he got hired, that was the word coming out of Philadelphia. Hey, he's good, but they just, they pass far more often than they run. So that's the, what I took from the team. I will say with this newfound investment in the run, this newfound, they're going to run heavy. They are still passing more often than they are running. Yeah, so but they're doing Patrick Mahomes though. I mean, to me though, this is why I've never really understood the, they should run the ball more. Isaiah Pacheco is one of their best offensive players. Of course, they're going to get him the football and have him be involved in the offense. Patrick Mahomes is their best player. They use him more than they use the other players. Like some of this is just like general common sense to me. I was never clamoring for them to get Daryl Williams more involved in the offense. Why? (laughs) No, that's not, that's not your best course of action. I think you could argue that right now Isaiah Pacheco is their best player on offense aside from Patrick Mahomes. I think you could argue that. Now, maybe you're going to argue it's Joe Tooney or one of their offensive linemen. Today, if we are talking about explosiveness, game-changing ability, I think you could make the argument that it is Isaiah Pacheco. So they feature him in the offense. That's why he got 25 touches against the Miami Dolphins. That's why he got 19 touches in the game against Buffalo. Because he's their most explosive and most consistent player that they have on their offense. I don't think Andy's stupid. I think they were always going to get him the ball. I don't think that they were going to give him 24 carries in a week nine game. I think they were saving it for later in the year and trying to keep a guy fresh who's 5'10 and runs like a maniac. I think they were trying to keep him healthy and keep him fresh. Now it's time to let loose. That's how you get 25 carries against the Miami Dolphins. That's how you get 17 carries last week on the road in Buffalo. I imagine we're going into this also expecting that he's going to get between 15 or 20 carries because he should, because he's one of their best players. I think some of fans complaints too, with the run 
past balance, and it was more balanced on Sunday, is there seemed to be a moment every single game where Andy Reid just gives up on the run. We haven't talked about it because the Chiefs won the game, and that's what matters. But don't forget, after the Chiefs D stopped the Bills post-fumble out of the end zone, the Chiefs got the ball with a chance to ice the game down, and they had the ball near midfield. And what they do? Throw, throw, throw. Three throws, three and out, punt back to Josh Allen, who drove down the field, and we know how it ends with the missed field goal. So, like, I agree with what you're saying. It went perfect. They they are more balanced, but there are moments where the Andy narrative rears ugly head because in a game where you were running the ball effectively and you were more balanced and you were getting the ball to Pacheco, all the things you're saying, what did Andy do when it was money time? He threw three passes, one of none of which were completed. The clock never moved. It happened. We see that in games all the time. So maybe the narrative is born out of moments than pure stats because we know there's going to be a moment Sunday where the game might be hanging in the balance and people are screaming, run the ball, and Andy's either going to get cute or get pass heavy. And that's where the narrative is born. Can I try to defend the McCole Hardman play? Can I I try to defend it? It's undefendable, but go ahead. Let me try to defend it. It is first and 10 from the Buffalo 32-yard line. Isaiah Pacheco gets the ball. He has a 29-yard run. Isaiah Pacheco checks himself out of the game. So you don't have your best rushing option. I know that everyone is now falling in love with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He is not a great running option. I'm sorry, he's not. He had 3.2 yards per carry this season. He is one of the least effective rushers in the National Football League. I don't think that giving it to McCole Hardman is a bad option in that scenario. It just didn't work. They've run that play successfully. I actually don't really have a problem with the play call. My biggest complaint is after you fumble once earlier in the game, I ain't giving you a second chance to fumble. Not if you are not one of the key guys. Sure, I'm throwing it to Rasheed Rice again after a fumble. I'm giving Isaiah Pacheco more touches. Hey, if you're one of the others, if you're a background singer, like, I'm not letting your voice crack on stage and I'm giving you a solo again. No, you messed up your opportunity to get a solo. You should have killed it when you had the opportunity. I'm more mad at that than I am with the play call. It was, you already gave this player the ball earlier and he fumbled. I'm not giving you another opportunity in this game to fumble. Hey, you just don't have it today. You got to figure out another way to help this team. You better be encouraging. You better be patting guys on the bottom. You better be up here trying to keep guys energy high. You better be putting coats on guys, squirting water in their mouth, because in terms of you helping us on the offensive end, you're done. That would be my argument for the McCole Hardman play. It just didn't work. Now, I understand it's the playoffs and we are playing the results, and I'm not mad at it. I understand being frustrated about it. But if Isaiah Pacheco was not a rushing option in that scenario because he checked himself out of the game, I don't know if a McCole Hardman end around is much worse of a play than running Clyde Edwards-Hilaire forward. 
based on what I saw this season in terms of him being a rusher, and he is not a great between-the-tackle running back. We have four years of evidence of that in his career, that that is not as what he is. I don't think the play is maybe as bad as some people think. It is not good. It is hard to defend. I don't think it's nearly as bad as people think. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer covering the National Football League. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. He's going to join the show. I think he's the best sports writer covering the National Football League. I want to throw a question out there that was asked to me, and I hadn't really given it much thought, but it's an interesting conversation. I think if you asked most people in the NFL, they will tell you that Bill Belichick is the greatest defensive coordinator in the history of the league. I don't think that's that controversial of a statement. What if Steve Spagnuolo was number two? I mean, I'm looking at his history and his track record as a defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator for the Giants back in 2007. You guys know what that team did to the New England Patriots and the best offense that we have ever seen. And that defense was a major reason of why they pulled off the greatest upset in the history of the National Football League. Spags was that team's defensive coordinator. He then comes into Kansas City. Chiefs defense, down bad. I don't got to tell you guys about that first year with Bob Sutton. They then bring in Steve Spagnuolo. And we have seen over the course of the last five seasons that their defense has gone from, I would say, a capable defense that most people who cheer for the Chiefs have said over the course of the last three, four years, we don't need the defense to be great. We just need the defense to help Patrick Mahomes. Well, what if I told you that we got to the point that their defense is their best unit and why they find themselves in the championship round is because their defense is so good. Buffalo ran for 11 yards in the fourth quarter and their quarterback was 7 of 14 for 44 yards passing in the fourth quarter in their final three possessions. 
I would say that their defense is elite. I could argue that they have the second best defense remaining in the postseason behind Baltimore's defense, maybe the second best defense in the entire league. Their defense is better than Detroit's. Their defense is better than San Francisco's defense. I don't really see those being as arguable points. Spags, this is this would be his fifth appearance if they win on Sunday. It'll be his fifth appearance in the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator, and he already has three championships under his belt. I don't think he's Bill Belichick, but when you ask about some of the great defensive minds, Wade Phillips is a name that comes up a lot. Vic Fangio, you remember Andy's defensive coordinator back in Philadelphia, Jim Johnson. There's just some names that pop up if you're talking about the great defensive coordinators. That name has to include Steve Spagnuolo, right? Especially if this team finishes this thing out and they win the Super Bowl and their defense was top five and what they've done against top flight offensive skill position players. We didn't talk about Diggs one point all week. There was no reason to talk about him. His biggest play was a drop and he was a non-factor in the game for the most part. I think Zay Flowers is a very talented wide receiver. There's no reason to think that he is going to have a great day against Kansas City's defense based on what we have seen them do all season. Their defense has been the one consistent unit, not their special teams, not their offense. Their defense has been the best unit. Very rarely have we been able to say that a defense was the best unit for a championship Super Bowl level team. If Kansas City wins the Super Bowl, I know that Patrick Mahomes is going to get a lot of credit and he should. But historically, their defense should get a lot of credit as well for what they've been able to do over the course of this season. I don't think it's a crazy notion. I don't think it's an insane thought to say he's one of the best defensive corners of all time. But isn't it kind of a little bit fun with numbers, fun with endpoints, because some of the best defensive coordinators of all time of previously all time, great defenses usually age out or graduate out of defensive coordinator and get a head coaching job. For example, that Ravens defense, the 2000 Ravens defense that maybe had the single greatest defensive effort in a Super Bowl we've ever seen. They humiliated the New York giants. Their defensive coordinator was Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis got a head coaching job. So, yes, he doesn't have the attributes. He doesn't have the resume that Spags does as a D.C., but that's because he aged out of the position. He moved forward. Rex Ryan was a great defensive coordinator. He then got a head coaching job. He had aged out of being a defensive coordinator. He ended up failing as a head coach, but you look back and you go, man, D.C., he was good. I feel like some of Spags' resume bolstering is because when he got his moment to be a head coach, he failed. It happened, and he's a great defensive coordinator. He probably is in line with Dick LeBeau. He's in line with Monty Kiffin. He's in line with those types of people. But a lot of times, defensive coordinators don't stay defensive coordinators forever. But most of those guys that you're talking about also failed as a head coach. Monty Kiffin never got that opportunity. You mentioned Wade Phillips was not a great head coach when he was there. Like a lot of those guys, like I think Spags, has just figured out his calling in life. And I understand, man, I wanted to be a head coach in this league. I was the defensive coordinator for the Giants in 2007. That gives you a pass to go be a head coach. You went to go be a head coach in St. Louis. You were the coach for 48 games, and your team won 10 of them. You were bad as a head coach in the National Football League. You then got another opportunity as an interim coach. You weren't good as an interim. You didn't get hired on at the job. And then you know what? You went to where you were needed most. 
Andy, put that phone call in. Steve, I need you. I saw what you did with the Giants. I know that you can build defense. We got a problem here. We got a superstar Hall of Fame quarterback, but we have a bottom five defense in the National Football League. Can you help me? Can you come fix it? Hey, I will give you, you can make all the decisions on that side of the ball. We don't talk about that on the offensive side. We don't question who's making the decisions on the offensive side. We all know that it's Andy. They've had different offensive coordinators, but we don't question who's calling the plays. We don't call. We don't question who's making the decisions. That defense is one person's brainchild and one person's brainchild alone. It's bags. He gets a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. And I'm just thinking about some of the names of the coordinators that we talk about. Monty Kiffin with those great Tampa Bay teams. You mentioned Jim Johnson with the Eagles and some of these Like Vic Fangio, we talk about Vic Fangio like he's a miracle worker. I saw Miami's defense this year. Do you feel like they had a miracle worker on their defense? Even when they were fully healthy, their defense wasn't as good as Kansas City's. And he's doing it on this team with, they have one marquee name that people know that aren't Chiefs fans. No one outside of Kansas City is talking about Snead or Trent McDuffie. Yet, they probably should be. I mean, hold on. McDuffie's an all-pro. I mean, I know, but I'm saying a little bit of juice behind his name more than just nobody. I didn't no no one who is not a Chiefs fan is talking about Trent McDuffie at corner. You and I know the corners that resonate nationally. It's the Jalen Ramsey's. It was Josh Norman when he was that guy. You got to be a hardcore football fan to be talking about number 22 on the Kansas City Chiefs. They have one star on defense. That's their defensive tackle, Chris Jones. They've got a lot of really good, solid players. It's not like San Francisco's defense that has a bunch of names that you know on that team. I would say that Baltimore has more household names than what Kansas City does. But for them to be a top three defense for basically this entire year, to not allow any team in the NFL to score 30 points, and only two teams have scored more than 21 points, Spag should be more in that conversation as one of the elite coordinators in the National Football League. Not just on defense, of offensive and defensive coordinators, Spags has been as good as anybody in the National Football League. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports, our Odyssey Insider. Peter King, for my money, is the best sports writer covering the National Football League. We'll get his thoughts on the Chiefs and Bills and also look ahead to the championship round on both the AFC and NFC side. That's all coming up. Keep it right here, Sir Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 